Named after the mechanism that separates the sweet wort from the spent grain, False Bottom Girls features two beer experts filtering through the brewing industry to guide listeners through the wonderful, yet sometimes confusing, world of beer. Hi, my name is Rachel Hudson. I'm the co-owner and head brewer of Pilot Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina, and also Advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair, the executive director of the North American Craft Maltsters Guild and also an Advanced Cicerone. It was a mash. <laughs> Decoction mash. It was a mash. <laughs> it was a Mayard's mash. What kind of mash? <laughs> Decoction mash. It was a mash. <laughs> Well, we have our intro. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. That's a good intro. All right. Oh, well, she, well, she's too hungover. <laughs> Poor Jen. What'd you do last night? I drank too much. <laughs> For our Halloween episode, I am being haunted by everything I drank yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, it started with um, splitting a pitcher of PBR at Pinkies, and then we went to Thirsty Nomad because I was moderating that panel. Why? I'm just wait. Hold on. Back up. <laughs> what? <laughs> hold on. I gotta know something. Rachel's been possessed. Why did you? What time did you go to Pinkies? Like noon. What other beers they have on draft? I don't know. <laughs> Why? I Why? <laughs> what is your? Is that your thing? Go to Pinkies. Yeah, usually pitcher get, and PBR. Yeah, I usually get pitcher? PBR. Well, I for the two of them. No, us, no, I yeah. get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but it's like a weird thing to like, as an advanced Cicerone, <laughs> just to be like, no, no, this is something I do. Listen, PBR is <laughs> it's a delicious. It's a commercial example. Don't don't get me wrong, but I mean, do they have other beers on there that are like? Yeah, they've got a good beer selection. But I guess you don't want a pitcher of like 7% beer. That would Right, exactly. That would suck. Right, and a pitcher of PBR is, I think, like $4. You know, true. I like it. I like it. Do you know for the longest time I thought PBR really did, this is before I knew much about beer, <laughs> but I really did think it meant people's beer of Richmond. Because that, <laughs> that's where I was from. And, that, and they would say that in some places, you know, because it's funny, I guess. But... <laughs> It was like people actually told me that, you know, <laughs> messing with me. But no, it wins every year at GABF. Yeah, it's a good American light lager, right? Um, or American, American lager. lager. Yeah. American lager. Duh. See, half stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, just started drinking at noon and went to two different birthday parties, uh, both for breweries because. That's what happens when you don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> you go to birthday parties for breweries. Oh, man. That is so true and so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing against kids. I can't wait to be an aunt, but I'm not looking to fully invest in one of those things, you know? Right. Pets, dogs, those are where it's at. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just had to get up a little early this morning. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> To be here. <laughs> and then was mistaken about the time, so it was actually early. That's okay. Yeah. I mean. More time to be hungover. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so for our um, episode today, Rachel and I are going to be advanced witcherones. Aww, that's oh, that's so cute. Get it? I get it. <laughs> Talking about the history of beer and women, and since it's an appropriate time of the season, Halloween, like the legend of witches and kind of how that, one of the ways that probably came about. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to that part. Don't worry. <laughs> well, so. <laughs> Good. Well, let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> we'll start there. Stick my mash. Stick my mash. <laughs> Nothing's worse than a stuck mash. No, there's worse things. Stuck fermentation is worse than a stuck mash. Yeah. Well, and you know, some people have war in their countries. <laughs> this is a beer podcast, Jen. Gosh. I'm always here to bring the mood down. <laughs> some people have war. <laughs> Look, I think Jen has something that sticks her mash. She wants I do. to talk about I do. to lead us into this wonderful episode of women and beer and witches. Yes, I, um, I do. So thank you, Rachel. Uh, you know, the it is I, I am a student of beer, so I enjoy learning about the history of beer and I enjoy when other people learn about the history of beer. So we're going to talk about the history of women in beer today, everyone, and I from here on out, after you listen to this, you are not going to well actually anybody and say, Well, actually, did you know that women were the first brewers? Like, yeah, we even managed to do that with our lady brains. Like, of course, <laughs> women can brew. So, so it's totally cool to share that history with everyone because yeah. it's an interesting but it fact is of history. the history. Right. It's not the history of women in beer. It's right. the history of beer. Right, exactly. So you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the same way as not a, a female brewer, it's just a brewer. I know. Yeah. So... Shocking. Go forth, share this history of beer with people. Um, just don't act like it's just such a fucking miracle that women managed to brew beer. And were the first brewers. <laughs> <laughs> Hungover up early, Jen, is a little salty. Yeah. <laughs> it was a household chore. It's what you needed to do to right. have something to drink for your family that was not going to harm you because right. you because water was unsafe right it was something that was just necessary and a part of life and you know if you could have kids that you could incorporate into helping to make beer it was a lot of times cheaper than sending them than ingredients like grain <laughs> <laughs> but it was cheaper than sending them to school because you had to pay for that and it was cheaper than having someone watch them and it's like okay well I'll keep my kids home and I'll teach them the way of the house and the yard and how to do these chores and making beer was one of them. Right. And um, that was just a way of life, you know, for a long time. And, you know, it, it be, grew into this kind of business side mm -hmm. for women, um, which is kind of where we talk about, you know, where the history of a witch might interplay with that because they were known as alewives and, in the market, they would sometimes wear a pointy black hat to distinguish themselves. And right. They would hang a broom over their door to distinguish their house as an ale tavern. Mm -hmm. Or having fresh beer available. Yes, for sale. Mm -hmm. You know, and th that was how, 
and it was like normal and this was the way of of doing things um you know and eventually it became you know as with the industrial revolution as with you know just getting bigger in times this and these women and alewives making money was soon be as looked at as something it's like oh this is a business opportunity that we as men must take over <laughs> because this is business now you know this isn't just a chore right and then the you know then it became frowned upon as a woman you know even if you had a really established husband as a brewer or a father and they died or passed away and left the business to the woman it was still like ooh, what is she doing in there Mm -hmm. she's making this black pot of magical potion that can make a man do crazy things depending on how much he drinks. <laughs> she must be a witch. Right. It's like, well, yeah, actually, that is a really cool way to look at it. Like, yeah, today, even still, I make this, I use this pot, and I have this paddle, <laughs> and I I even sometimes even because my the mash tun at Pilot Brewing is three barrels, it's like a really big pot, mm-hmm. like a really big pot. It's not like... Like, I'm in there stirring. Right. I'll even be like, ha boil, boil, toil. <laughs> cho-. Like, I do that sometimes. It's just funny because right. it's like, but, um, yeah, I make this pot of magical potion <laughs> that ter- makes you do different things. What Maybe good, maybe not. I don't know. Depends on the potion. Right. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's kind of funny, though. You know, yeah. the, the distinctions between the two. They even kept a cat to keep mice away from their... Grain, right, and ingredients. <gasps> yeah, it's Crazy. Um, the you know Spanish Inquisition era, era is when the the church started depicting alewives as witches. So, like Rachel said, it they would wear hats so you could see them. You know, in a, yeah, in a, in a like in a city market, and it wasn't looked at this like witch thing it was just like oh that's a lady who makes beer and sells it right and, and the, you want beer you go find the lady with the pointy black hat right exactly it, yeah it was very normal until it wasn't you right. know but imagine like today like having your job that you grew up probably learning how to do and then all of a sudden people are start like looking at you differently for this thing that you've been doing forever and right. like talking about you it's like right, very right. like what's going on like right. no i'm not over here um, and, you know, and then they took it away from women, like they like the men, because that's who I'm talking about. There's no other <laughs> the witches. There's no witches here. <laughs> but and then some women would still do it in secret, which would even promote that that connection even mm-hmm. more, you know, in the broomstick on the door was a what indiscreet way. Right. Um, no, they no. Would typically do it's or before. No. Or I guess at the same time, it would also be um, ale poles. So they yes. would have a pole sure. they would put out yes. on the front of their yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, or, or, yeah, a broom above the door to signify yeah. that there, were, uh, there was a fresh, yeah. fresh batch of beer. So you could get beer in the market from these ladies in the pointy hats, or you could go to the, the taverns, right. ale taverns. Um, and, you know, even before that, there is the mention of a nunnery in Germany, mm-hmm. the cannot remember her name really famous nun who was first known for using hops Mm -hmm. and beer and that's a whole another episode we could go into about the history of hops for a long time hops were not used in beers grew it it was your mixture that was controlled by the church 
um, or government, so you had to go and buy your Gruet mixture to make your beer. Um, hops were not controlled when they were first discovered, but, right. the, you know, one of the very first histories of women using hops is a nun in Germany who brewed beer for the nunnery, and mm-hmm. it, she mentions in, in writings of their preservative powers and bittering effects mm-hmm. and um, that was became the distinction of ale and beer during right. that time. Whole right. another episode, but um, just another way how the history of beer is very much women influenced. Right, right, and it does. I mean, I think it does make sense when you're thinking about medieval times and um, you know the Middle Ages, the Renaissance. That, like Rachel said, it is it, brewing beer is very much cooking slash baking yes Uh, so it fits into this is this is what you did on your you know the day-to-day yep um as part of the household duties yeah even if you didn't sell it right this is still something that was needed to be done and then they could use the grains to make bread so it was very it was very all involved um you know it's before the middle medieval times Mm -hmm. and sumeria right brewing was only the perfect profession, excuse me, of that, you know, washed over the female right. Did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did-did
10 big gallon batches I did at Hardy Wicks. That was my first brewing job was mm. 20 barrels. And then I kind of learned it small. So I had some help putting together some recipes. But it would come to an IPA, and my boss would be like, all right, so what are your IPUs? I'd be like, well, I don't know. I got this hop going in at first word. I got this hop going in at 60. I got this hop. Like, right. I just got this hop. <laughs> bomb going on no clue what i my ibus are don't care i just know it's gonna be awesome right and um and it was so that didn't help him <laughs> but i understand now i have gone through a very big learning curve since that right. time but uh, it is very much like that and it's very much an art and a science yes a yeah. cooking art and a science I definitely agree. Beer is bread. You know, there's a ton of similarities between malt and bread flavors. And they're very one with each other. You know, you can literally make beer and bread from the same ingredients. Right. Which is pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. And I mean, they're they're all um, grains. um, So they're from the same family. I don't know, man. I'm... It's cool. You can be home over. It's cool. <laughs> just gonna have to edit a little bit more later. No. This reading this is kind of interesting. It's like things would go from a difficult to life threatening for many women in brewing, as persecution against suspected witches began to rise in Europe. Doing something that, like, can you imagine being like persecuted for something you know has is ridiculous? Like that. Like there's no magical potion going on. Right. You're just making beer. We've been doing this for a long time. What's the surprise? Right. Yeah, it's um, with most things like that, you know, you can, and I, I'm not saying anything against religion. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. But historically, particularly the Roman Catholic Church, with things like that, that's where a lot of the persecution stemmed from. Um, so I guess the, the bigger lesson in all of that is, hey, everybody, don't be dicks to people who aren't like you because they threaten your perceived stature in, in your community. Yeah. <laughs> Still working on that lesson today. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> History repeats itself if you're not careful. But hopefully we've gotten past the days of witches. And I well, am secure. I'm not so sure. <laughs> in my job. <laughs> At least on a grand scale. Like, I feel like I can go to work okay. Eleanor Rumming, she was one of the more famous alewives. And so you can actually go to YouTube and look up this this poem to listen to it. Um, it's Old English, so it's, you know. Hear he, hear he. <laughs> not quite like that. It's not, it's not all of her twists. Oh. But, um, oh, okay. Yeah, she was purported to have a hideous visage but made a wonderful knoppy ale. Butterface? Yeah, because, you know, the, the worst thing you can do is say that a woman's ugly or fat, right? That's like, that's the worst thing but you can call me. But she made some great beer. Right, thank God she had some value. Why is that necessary? <laughs> like, like, even then, like, right. it was the good of times, it was the worst of times. <laughs> she was ugly, but her beer was delicious. Right, so she was some use to society. So I guess if she was ugly, that made her a witch. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Probably so. (laughs) She probably had a pointy nose and a mole on it. Yeah, that's... But her her mixture and her cauldron was delicious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Halloween beers. 
pumpkin beers. You know, did they? You think they ever made pumpkin beer? They made a lot of beers from squash. Yeah, they, they probably had pumpkin beer. And well, that's uh, a little. That's quite a bit later. But in like the the colonies, that's sure. most beer oh, was yeah. was yeah. pumpkin because they didn't have a ton right. of stuff that you could get, derive sugars, fermentable sugars. Right. From. Exactly. Yeah, and they didn't have. Um, domesticated grain varieties the way the same way that they did in uh, Europe at the time so whatever they could ferment and it was like you know they get off the boat and are like we need a drink yeah they stopped <laughs> right because they ran out of beer right up north they're trying to make it further and they're like this is good yeah have you ever seen Plymouth Rock it's super disappointing really <laughs> <laughs> it's super small I can't believe it's still there um I actually have never seen it but that's what I hear well, you can Google it. I'm sure it looks real small. <laughs> but uh, no, for real. They were like, this is bullshit. We are out of beer. Not going any further. We'll all die. Right. We have to brew beer. They pro- this is probably true because they needed some sort of hydration and water. Right. right. So beer is a really big reason why, I mean, uh, yeah, brewing and beer is a big reason why civilization is even a thing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's particularly with the, with what Rachel said with the water that's beer was safer to drink because it had been boiled so um, people were you would have table beers yeah so, real low you know, like, alcohol exactly working beers right like right. So, when I say working beers beers you can drink while you're working right and not like lawnmower beers, and like but kids like can 2%, drink yes yeah like this is like it's serious right like it really is you can't you can't just go drink the water and like beer takes a while it's not like you can just make it in a day. So it really is important to be on top of that household chore. Mm-hmm. And and even like they could re- reuse the yeast, although they didn't know what they were doing. They knew they if they took this little goodies good, maybe that word. Mm-hmm. God goodies, is good. God is good. Yeah. See, I'm bad with my pronunciation. <laughs> I, just don't know, I just don't know my words. <laughs> but they would take the yeast, but they didn't know what, what it did. They just knew if they took the little crap in the bottom of the thing and put it in the next batch it would ferment or put the pour the uh next batch on top of sure yeah yeah but and um but you have to like be on top of your planning when it comes to that and you can't continue to travel as a civilization you need to settle and that comes with okay now that i can settle i can start growing grain and Mm -hmm. i can be here long enough to get these batches going and i can't keep moving and doing this right going back to god is good and and then people not understanding what role yeast played they knew it was something um and one of the other things that they thought was spontaneous regeneration mm-hmm. which was something was dead and then then it wasn't and like they they viewed that as the beer was dead until you put it in here and then it came to life again. Yeah. And it wasn't until Louis Pasteur in the late 1800s who really nailed down fermentation and what it was. Again, at that point, they had an idea of what it was, but the same way of pitching, just knowing that if you use the same pot or something yeah. like that is the same um, idea behind the uh, quike rings that, you know, yes. like with the, the Norwegian. Yep ale yeast that everybody's losing their minds over right now <laughs> yeah. um, and if you ever see one of these rings they're super super cool they looking. are cool i would love to have one yeah and they would the yeast and microbes would get absorbed into the wood on these on these rings 
And so they would hang it on the wall between batches. And then when they had a new batch ready to go, they would throw this ring into the beer. And they were thinking that the ring is what is making it ferment, but it really is the yeast and the microbes and the bacteria that are have been absorbed into the ring. Yep. Yeah. Witchery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, during that time, even when it was, for you know, you say 1800s when yeast is you know now starting to be understood and even louis pasteur had a hard time convincing people it was he he provided the the framework the groundwork for it and but but you know he still took a while like witch yeah (laughs) he's a witch that did not happen why (laughs) because he's a man going back to god is good and and then people not understanding what role yeast played they knew it was something um, and one of the other things that they thought was spontaneous regeneration, mm-hmm. which was something was dead and then then it wasn't. And like they they viewed that as the beer was dead until you put it in here and then it came to life again. Yeah. And it wasn't until Louis Pasteur in the late 1800s who really nailed down fermentation and what it was. Again, at that point, they had an idea of what it was. But the same way of pitching, just knowing that if you use the same pot or something yeah. like that, is the same um, idea behind the uh, quike rings that you know, yes. like with the, the Norwegian yep. ale yeast that everybody's losing their minds over right now. <laughs> yeah. um, and if you ever see one of these rings, they're super, super cool. They looking. are cool. I would love to have one. Yeah. And they would, the yeast and microbes would get absorbed into the wood on these on these rings. And so they would hang it on the wall between batches. And then when they had a new batch ready to go, they would throw this ring into the beer. And they were thinking that the ring is what is making it ferment, but it really is the yeast and the microbes and the bacteria that are, have been absorbed into the ring. Yep. Yeah. Witchery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, during that time, even when it was, for you know, you say 1800s when yeast is you know now starting to be understood and even louis pasteur had a hard time right. convincing people it was he, right. he provided the, the framework the groundwork for it and but but you know he still did that took a while was like witch yeah <laughs> he's a witch that did not happen why <laughs> because he's a man but some of the change in the ratio of men and women in brewing comes down to like some old-fashioned ideas of like what women ought to be doing mm-hmm so, you know, even um, in the 1540, the city of Chester banned women between the ages of 14 and 40 from um, being alewives in hopes that they would produce more and have kids. Gross. And uh, also that they could now push men into this role a lot easier mm-hmm. than, you know, maybe looking like a bad guy. <laughs> I was like, no, now there's a new rule. Right. You must give me a child. Um. And then, you know, while women in that profession during that time in England were accused of cheating customers and having several undesirable traits. So then you go, records show women were no less trustworthy than men at the test. You know, it's like, it's like just, it, it's, it's almost like it just became this big, like. Witch hunt? Yes. <laughs> I was going to say conspiracy. <laughs> that's a lot. Sound like that. Did I tell you about the, um beer that I had in a competition recently that was entered as experimental and it was a Brute New England IPA. 
Yeah. Explain yourself. <laughs> That's what I would write on the judging screen. Right. Um, so for anyone what listening. What did it look like? Mud. It looked like, like <laughs> green, gray, murky no. mud. So right. the, This is a good scary story. But the, the problem is, yeah, it's, it was a real Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. You know, the, the problem is you can't a, just... a New England IPA has very round mouthfeel. It's hazy. It has a lot of hops in it. It's supposed to be very soft and uh, not as bitter as a regular IPA. Yes. A Brute IPA has is very, very clear, has a very, very dry finish, and is bitter. So really, I mean, the the big secret being a Brute IPA is just a West Coast IPA, and brewers knew if they called it something different, then they could just brew regular IPAs again. Um, <laughs> so the thought of combining a beer that's supposed to be very clear with a beer that's supposed to be very hazy and a beer that has a very dry mouth mouthfeel, very dry finish with a very round, soft mouthfeel and Swedish finish, sweet-ish, not you, Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't, yeah. you can't, you, you can't This doesn't do that. exist. That's right. not a thing. Right. It's just a muddled mess. You literally cannot have milk and be dairy-free. Right. Like, yeah. like, this is what this is. Like, yeah. You, yeah. And so that, just... that was my feedback of, you know, do one style or the other. These don't really go well together because this you, isn't can't, you can't combine. A hoppy red ale. This isn't. A blonde stout. A blonde stout. I mean, even that's like pushing it. But I'm just saying this isn't, you know, you can't just. Come on. You're not a witch. <laughs> 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 okay, you're Mary Shelley. You're yeah. not a witch. Yeah. Witches aren't <laughs> things, okay? Stop trying to make a magical potion. I once had a guy, and you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to say. I'm not. I once had a guy interviewing. But I don't really want to say that. Cause I want to call him out. But I once met a guy brewer who told me he liked to just go crazy and make weird, different styles. And it's like that doesn't sound good. Like if you're doing maybe okay, just go simple. Like. I want this saison with lemongrass and peppercorn. Okay, whatever. But like, I want a saison with lager ale or lager yeast, um, and you know this crazy hop. And I want it. You know, it's just like you, you can't. That's not a saison. You're just brewing some beer that right. you have ingredients for. And it's funny because you know styles are a thing that we have created to have competitions to have a standard mm-hmm. you go to belgium they don't even care about styles yeah they're like this is the beer abroad right it's got I, this this and this and i was it's in belgium, belgium last year and our uh, tour guide we had said something like oh this is a um like a dark belgian strong ale and he was like you americans are so obsessed with categorizing yeah. all of your beers and everything has to have a style and yeah there it's like blonde or brown sure do you want blonde or brown but we're uh, part of it's for competition reasons mm-hmm. part of it's for you know you, you do need a standard to like learn on you can't just like th- this isn't like belgian brewers they have a very different culture training method history they're still young brewers going out and doing mm-hmm. like those ipas and stuff when it, but when it comes to like a belgian beer they don't get they're, they're just making a good beer but you can't do that with everything like they're not over there being like this is my belgian you know, Lager. English ale. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I think that is something with American craft that is, 
you know, the, the way American craft came up is looking at styles from other places and then in a lot, a lot of times adapting those styles. That's why we have an American IPA that's different from an English IPA and no. an American brown that's different from an English brown. And that is to be expected. That's a evolution of history of styles. Right. You know, that's, right. you know, we came over here, like we were saying, we stopped. We didn't have anything. We could get pumpkins. We could get squash. We could apples. grow rice, corn, apples. So that's where we get made beer because that's the only ingredients that they had. Right. Um, but we're not there. We're past that. <laughs> so don't give me a brute New England IPA. What is that? Right. Don't do that. Right. Just I, make one or the other and perfect your craft. Right. Beer flavored beer. Don't. I mean, it's cool to make up stuff. Like, I, I do think there's appropriate blends mm-hmm. of beer, like a hoppy, hoppy stout, you know. We've been there. Right. Ma- Stone Arrogant Bastard. American Strong Ale. Hoppy right. Black Ale, whatever. But, come on. Yeah, and I, I was actually in a different competition, had a beer. It was four stouts and porter, and this beer in front of me was really light-colored. Uh, so, it immediately I was like, well, this is weird. Why would it look like this? And it just tasted... When I say really light colored, it relatively light colored. It was still kind Four. of like a amber ish. Yeah, but not porter. Right, but not, not dark definitely brown. not stout. Yeah. yeah. And it was basically like a kind of like a Hefeweizen. It just had a lot of like phenols and esters in it. And the I was very confused. Like why why is this in front of me if this is supposed to be porters and stouts? What is this? And it turned out, maybe it's the same person, but it turned out that the the person who brewed it just throws a bunch of shit together and yeah. doesn't make a recipe and doesn't follow a style. And so got his feedback and was like, oh, I guess I made a Belgian beer. And, and again, I think there's sometimes a lack of like disconnected knowledge, like, oh, you don't have this particular yeast, so you're just going to use something else. It's like, you can't just substitute everything for everything. Right. And that's, I think, I agree that there's a place for that, for just throwing a bunch of shit together. Yeah, but if you're going to enter a competition, why waste the time? You're going to lose because you need a brew to style. Right. Well, and you're wasting my time as a judge when you know, you know you're not following the guidelines. Yeah. And the there are, like, you can Google BJCP guidelines. It will come up. It's a whole list of stuff. Just read it. it. It's not... Yeah, freaking get, magic. Get the app on it's your not, phone. Which is work. <laughs> get the app on your phone. It's free online, whatever. But like, look at what a porter says. Mm-hmm. Just if, start with the ingredient. Look at other people's recipes online. Right. And, and if stuff. you don't want to brew within the style, that's that's totally fine too. Again, like people like what they yeah. like, but don't, then don't don't enter it. Right. You're just wasting your money, probably your right. time, people's time, like. If you want some feedback, just ask your friend, your local homebrew club, your friends, your local brewers, whatever. Don't. That is scary. Mm-hmm. That's scary stuff. <laughs> it is. Brewers these days go crazy. Yeah, they're going crazy. <laughs> There's so many examples in my mind. You know, I get a lot of. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. I'm just going on a tangent. Um. So one thing that I think is really fun, though, talking about this, that is a good outlet for just kind of being silly with beers is strange brews that unknown brewing here in charlotte hosts every year uh that is a lot of fun and are you guys doing it this year yeah we will if if uh i haven't heard about it yet 
Okay. I was actually, uh, I was driving by Unknown today and was thinking through the yeah uh, you it's know, coming the, up the halloween kind of what sorts of things and i remembered strange brews and it's yeah. a really really fun event and i like for i like brewers having that outlet to make something completely you know silly or something that you're not going to actually be able to serve in your tap room yeah. because it's in a toilet <laughs> Or it's, God. you know, you're making... That was a thing. It's supposed to be a good beer. It's supposed to be a strange beer, but a good beer. Right. We did have, like, Dream Chasers made a um, cricket stout. They used mm-hmm. crickets in it. Yep. In, like, secondary, I think. Chocolate-covered crickets. Chocolate. Yeah. More specifically. Sounds low. Right. It was actually really good. Right. I, ch- I remember trying it. Yeah. And I think, um, was it Town that had the, like, sweet potato... Beer where so, like somebody had to hollow out sweet they, potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. And sweet potatoes aren't easy. No, to, it's not like they cooked them. They <laughs> right. they hollow they serve the beer in the sweet potato. Right, right, with marshmallows on top. Was it town or was it blue? Blaze? It was town. It okay. was town. Okay. <laughs> we and you made a beer for Pilot. It was like an alcoholic root beer mm-hmm. kind of idea. It was really good. People, basic, basic birch. Basic birch. <laughs> it was good. We didn't win because we weren't the strangest, but we did get a lot of compliments about being good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And there's always, um, almost always a beer with ramen incorporated somehow yeah. in it. I don't think I tried that one. Um, there's usually a beer with avocado. Yep. Which could actually, you know, I think I'm going to try that. There's a brewery somewhere in the West Coast that That's does right. like an avocado beer. I right. think I'm going to try it, do a small batch and like, what do you think? Like a Blondale? <laughs> I don't know. Pale ale? I, you know, I would almost think something like um, maybe a pale ale and using some toasted malts, like, you know, like a good Vienna or Munich that gives kind of that toast flavor. So it could be like an avocado Avocado toast. toast. But what does the, um, I'm curious, I haven't read about avocado beer. What does that do in terms of contributing all those fats and oils does it just have no head like how do you probably use avocado well from w- in the beer what i can gather from the little clip i saw in this video is they were putting in a secondary pureeing it up okay like getting all the good stuff puree it up and throw it in secondary which you're right oils and head head retention is a thing right. now i could be wrong they could have been put in the boil i couldn't really tell Ugh, boiled avocado doesn't sound good no <laughs> I'm not scared. I'll try it in secondary. It's a little five-gallon batch. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you know that, you know going in using something like avocado is going to mean you're going to have zero head retention. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine to try. Right. You know, that's how I do every other fruit and vegetable. Right. It's secondary, except pumpkin. I do that in the mash. Right. Right. Because pumpkin's got quite a bit of fermentable sugars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I would imagine that avocado doesn't have any it's just mostly like fat and oil yeah probably Hmm. maybe i could get an avocado powder ew yeah (laughs) scary stuff (laughs) scary stuff guys (laughs) these beers these beers get so scary out there there's a lot of scary beers it's okay you can put together an episode yeah it can be like 15 Uh, i can i can cobble something (laughs) together for sure I can use my magical powers. <laughs> Beer-related Halloween costumes. Sexy lady brewer. Just kidding. Uh, ale life. Hey. Yeah, like, like look like a witch, but you're not. Because I got my mash paddle. I yes. should have a broom, but I'm going to have a mash paddle. Boots. Uh, 
cauldron of candy. Malt, malt balls. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I don't really care. I'm just getting like work. <laughs> so we're probably not going to trust. I'll wear I'll put on a hat. A okay, witch's good, hat. Good. And I'll be a wife. Right. Yeah, if you are in Charlotte and you want, want anything to do on Halloween night, Pilot Brewing will have Harry Potter, Harry Potter trivia night. However, we're also doing a um, bar, not really, kind of a bar crawl, but with Legion Brewing resident mm-hmm. culture. So what we're doing is you we can hit all three breweries. We're going to all make a special Halloween beer. Um, you can start at any brewery. We'll give you a card. A little punch card, basically. Mm-hmm. And if you make a purchase from that brewery, it, it can be anything. doesn't have to be beer. It can be anything. Um, then we'll give you a little punch. And you go if you hit all three breweries in that night, wherever one you end at, we'll give you a goodie bag, a trick-or-treat bag. Oh, nice. And we'll um, take your card. You can leave your name and information on it, and we'll enter it into a raffle for a, really, for a great prize. I think Pilot Brewing will be uh, giving away a brewer for the day. So if you enter in a raffle, each location will pull their own raffle prize okay so you can end anywhere you can start anywhere and additionally we're teaming up with a company called jaunt they're uh, basically like a really nice decked out golf cart who is a ride share oh, goes okay. around the city so they will be at they will have a cart at each location that will be rotating locations every 20 or 30 minutes you can purchase a seven dollar wristband that will get you rides on jaunt so you can just oh, hop nice. around each brewery as you want, or you don't have to. You can still participate with the the fun. You can take your own way, or you can walk, or whatever. Right. But um, yeah. And then Resident Culture and Legion will also have other separate things going on at their breweries as well. So, um, just kind of a fun thing to do. That you know, provide a little safe driving for you. Yeah, that's really interesting. So they just like drive on the road in a golf cart. Yeah, I think they take some kind of back roads. So between Pilot and Resident Culture, there is a good back road in the yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, that's true. There is. And then there's a good way for them to get. There's a good way for them to get all around. It'll be like maybe crossing some big roads, like Central, not mm-hmm. crazy, but it can hold like five people each. The jaunt and take you down to each location and nice. We'll do that from six to nine that night, and then trivia will happen at seven thirty at Pilot. If anyone's a huge Harry Potter fan, which I know there's a lot of them out there. Yeah, I was about to say anytime I've been. I am not a Harry Potter person. Me neither. Um, anytime I've I respect it, been somewhere <laughs> where somebody's doing Harry Potter trivia, it is like packed mm-hmm. to the gills. Yeah. We're expecting it. But we'll have candy. And we'll have a f- candy-themed beer. Nice. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. You know, awesome. Shameless plug for Pilot. <laughs> I'll edit it out. Don't worry. No. <laughs> I said it for a reason. <laughs> That was good. good <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, everyone, for um, riding the struggle bus with me this morning. Uh, Rachel has already hung up her headphones. I'm still here. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll find out when this comes out if I'm still being haunted by this hangover. Uh, I hope not. I but hope not. I'm it'll old be, now. So be epic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody for listening. You can find us on, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much. I think wherever you find podcasts, you will find us. So please, 
Um, if you enjoy listening to the show, take a second to rate and review us because that helps uh, visibility. That helps more people learn about us and, of course, tell all of your friends and neighbors to listen to False Bottom Girls, um, any other episode but the Halloween episode. Um, <laughs> just tell everyone to skip this one. <laughs> I think it's great. Good, good. So um, you can also find us on social media at False Bottom Girls on Facebook and Instagram. And you can send us an email at falsebottomgirls at gmail.com or just reach out. We've gotten several nice messages from people uh, via Instagram and Facebook who are enjoying listening to us. And thank you all very much for listening and for your feedback and support. This is False Bottom Girls. And we make the Bruin world go round. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs>